Guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Well, today we introduce a little experiment. School on Good Friday. It's never been done before. Why? Wouldn't it be better to spend this day with your families at home? In some ways, certainly, yes. But today, it seemed like this is a particularly rich way for us as a school family to pray together and to experience the full beauty and the solemnity and the, and the intensity of what it means to participate in that day of Good Friday together. And so I know this is a disruption to some of our normal routines. So I first want to say thank you for being present. Thank you for being a part of this. And especially for our teachers who are giving up a day with their families to be with us. I hope all of you before the end of the day will say thank you to them for being here and helping us to celebrate this day well. I hope it's been a quiet and prayerful day for you. I hope there's been many things that have come up and presented to you. I think particularly for our middle school, I just want to say uh, how glad I am that you were able to come down and pray with us today. We prayed the stations together. We prayed the rosary together in front of that building. And brought a little of God's love and of God's willingness to suffer into our neighborhood to show the people of our neighborhood what it means that Jesus suffered and died for us. That he looks to even those who are unknown, who are nameless, who are hidden, who may never see the light of day. And that he cares about them too. He died for them too. Today, I want to tell you a story, one of my favorite stories. If any of you have ever read the book, The Little Prince, you know this man's name. Good. His name is Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. He's a Frenchman. He happened to be, in addition to a very gifted writer of uh, children's stories and artist, he was also a pilot. In fact, that's how he died. He died in the year 1944 as he was flying across the ocean. But many years before that, he was a kind of a daredevil pilot because he was a part of the mail service in Africa and in South America and was responsible for flying the mail in a plane, which was often very unreliable, over oceans, over deserts, and over the great tall mountains especially in South America. In South America, there's a chain of mountains called the Andes that runs the whole length of the continent. And these peaks rise 20,000 feet up into the air. These pilots, in order to carry the mail, had to fly across these chains of mountains, which was terribly dangerous. So they were risky, and they, they were brave, and they loved the adventure and the danger. One pilot 
was caught in a storm. When other pilots had decided it's too dangerous to fly, he thought he could find a little hole in the, in the clouds, a little hole in the storm and get through. But he was wrong. His plane was forced down during that terrible winter storm. It was 20 degrees below zero. 15 feet of snow had fallen on the mountains. Not 15 inches, 15 feet had fallen in two days. His plane was forced down in an unimaginable wilderness. The only way you could ever get there is in a plane. And the likelihood of him ever being found was next to nothing. But he knew he had to try because he was a husband and a father. So he covered himself in bags of mail inside of the hold of his plane and waited for the storm to subside because he tried to exit his plane and it was too cold and it was too windy for him to even walk. The wind would just blow him over. He had to wait two days without food before he could even begin his attempt. He crawled out of the plane after the storm subsided and he began to walk. He walked, he walked. He walked for two days, three days, climbing up mountains at the highest altitudes, barely able to breathe, often on his hands and knees. Frostbite beginning to cause him to lose feeling in his hands and in his feet and in his face. If you've ever been that cold, all you want to do is lay down and go to sleep. The cold creeps into your body and a terrible tiredness takes over. And all you want to do is lay down. And you know that as soon as you lay down, you can rest and you don't have to struggle anymore. And as this pilot fell again and again and again, he laid down and decided, I've done enough. And he began to slip into the sleep from which he would never wake up. A little thought came into his mind. It was a thought. If they never find my remains, the policy of my company is that the insurance that would go to support my wife and my family won't be paid for another four years. But if they find my body in the springtime when the snow melts, they will receive what they need in order to survive after I'm gone. And 50 yards away, he sees a little rock pinnacle sticking up out of the snow. And he says, if I can get up on top of that, I won't be washed down into the river in the spring thaw. And they'll see me there. And my family will get what they need. And on the strength of that thought, he got up and walked for another three days. Eventually they found him. They brought him home. His friend who was telling this story, as it's related in this, in this book, wind, sand, and stars. 
His friends said, when he saw that Pilate who had been rescued, he said he looked like a piece of fruit that had been dropped on the, on the floor too many times. It's what it looks like when your face is frozen. And the first thing that his friend said to him after he was rescued and came back to the airport where his friends overjoyed, having been gone for seven days, received him back with love and affection. The first thing that came out of his mouth was, no animal would have gone through what I went through. Isn't that interesting? He's saying something there that I think is very important. He's saying is that as good and as pure and as loving as animals are, they lack something that human beings have. No animal would have gone through what I went through, said that man. An animal would have very reasonably laid down and gone to sleep. But because of that love that this man had in his heart for his family, something happened in him that gave him a strength that went beyond simple human strength. You and I never could have walked in that way without a love that continued to keep us warm in the cold and in the starvation. What we just heard in the passion and the death of Jesus, what we look upon here on the cross suggests a similar thought to me. No mere human being would have endured what I endured, says Jesus. How could it be possible to get up and to continue to carry that cross, having experienced the brutality and the rejection and the betrayal. What do you think it was? I'll tell you, there is a love in his heart. And as that pilot in the faraway mountains, many, many years ago, carried a love for a wife and a child that gave him great strength. Jesus carried within his heart a love that gave him infinitely more. And what was that love? What was in the Lord's heart? You. You were the one that he carried in his heart. You were the one when he fell when the weight of the cross pinned him to the ground, when the scourging punished him, when the crown of thorns was pressed into his head and when he was nailed to that cross, he carried his love of you. And as he walked that way, like that pilot stuck in the mountains, Jesus said, if I can just make it there, if I can just make it to that cross, they will have what they need to live. 
Many times we ask Jesus, come into our hearts, be with us. But today we pray, may we, be into you, may we enter into your heart, Jesus. May I be present there. In just a few moments, we'll have a chance to come forward and to participate in a rite of what we call the veneration of the cross. We venerate what is honorable, what is beautiful, what is good, what is noble. The wood of the cross, branches of a tree, trunks of a tree that were nailed together, became the instrument, the tool that God used to save the world. So just a moment here, I'll process with this cross after our intercessions, I'll process with this cross. And I I invite all of you to come forward, everyone. This is not just for those who receive communion, this is for anyone. Anyone who wants to venerate, show honor, show love, show gratitude to the fact that you were loved with the love more perfect than any human being could ever love you with. It's a love so perfect that it brought God to the point of suffering and death. You can show your love and gratitude for that in any way you wish. You can genuflect on your knee before the cross. You can bow down. You can place a kiss with your hand. Or you can take the cross and kiss it. However you would like to make that sign of reverence, you may do so. But whatever we do, however we pray today, whatever it is that's occupying our thoughts, we pray, Lord, set, help me set those aside today. Help me realize with all the weight of what we just heard, that terrible story of rejection, of punishment of someone who, if there was ever anyone who deserved not to be punished, it was him. And to say, Jesus, help me into your heart today. Help me with that same love that you carried up Calvary to the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.